Thank you so much for joining us for today's podcast. We'll get started in just a moment. If this is your first time here, please consider subscribing so that you may stay up to date with the latest podcast. And if our podcast brings value to your life, please consider sharing it with family and friends. Thanks for listening. And now here's today's podcast. Thanks for joining us for the Covenant Living Broadcast with Pastor John Butler of Covenant Life Church, located at 130 Atlantic Avenue in Bremen, Georgia. Reading from the New Living Translation, it says this in Genesis, As long as the earth remains, there will be planting and harvest, cold and heat. In Georgia, sometimes that's in the same day. Uh, summer and winter, all in the same week. <laughs> day and and night. There'll be plant without commentary. Let me read it again. There will be planting and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night. Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 1 says, For everything there is a season, a time for every activity under heaven. Lord, would you just add your blessing? your anointing and illumination to the reading and the, and the preaching and, and most of all the hearing and doing of your word. Lord, I pray that you would change our hearts and our minds today as we pursue you, not just in this day, not just in the coming year, but every day and every year of our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, listen, I, I love the New Year holiday. I am a, I am a sucker for a fresh start. I think that's why I enjoyed teaching when I was in public school. I enjoyed every year there was just a chance to do it over again. And I love that. And it seems like from the scriptures that we just read, that, that that's sort of how God has wired us. We have seasons in our lives, don't we? There, there are just things that just will periodically change. Now, I'm a naturally reflective person. And so I enjoy taking the time, especially in this week of the year, I, I try to take the time to think about where I am in my life, what I could do better in the next season as we go into a new year. I, I suspect many of you are probably doing the same thing. So as we prepare ourselves for a new season, for a new year, I'd just like to briefly talk about three mindsets um, that might help get you ready for a new season. And so today I just want to talk about a new season for, uh, for a few minutes. And hopefully these three mindsets will help position you to be in the will of God for your life. All right? So here's the first mindset that I'd like to tell you about. And, and this is the first one. Think, think connection, not just correction. As you're preparing for your new season, think connection and not just correction. Let me show it to you in Romans chapter something, chapter 12. Romans chapter 12, verses 3 through 5. This is right after maybe among the top 10 most famous verses in Scripture, Romans 1 and 2. Verse 3 says, because of the privilege and authority God has given me, I give each of you this warning. Don't think you're better than you really are. Don't you love how Paul just breaks it down for you? Just hurts your feelings right out of the gate. Don't think you're better than you really are. Be honest in your evaluation of yourselves. Measuring yourselves by the faith that God has given us. I don't know if it was almost the new year or what, but Paul is feeling kind of reflective and he's saying, listen, if you're reflecting, then don't give yourself too much credit. 
right? Be real honest with yourself. And then he goes on to say, just as our bodies have many parts and each part has a special function, so it is with Christ's body. We are many parts of one body. And listen, this is weird. Think about this. But he says, we all belong to each other. So the Apostle Paul is encouraging the believers in Rome to take the time for some self-reflection. He told them, listen, assess yourselves, but do it honestly. And don't assume that you've got everything right in your life. So how do you do that, John? How do I know if I'm doing it right? Do I look around at other believers? Do I look around at other people in the church? No, <laughs> please don't do that. Don't do that. It's vital for believers to measure themselves by the Word of God and no other standard. Just by the Word. It doesn't matter what other people are doing. Because you're not going to stand before them at the judgment. When you stand before God, it's just you and God. So it's standing. He don't care what brother or sister so-and-so was doing. It's you and him. So it stands to reason that, that we should measure ourselves by his standard and not by anybody else's standards. So take the time to see if there's any part of your life that you're allowing sin to reign. If there is, change it. If there's any part of your life that's not a good reflection of the character and the nature of God, that's outside of his will and his word, then change it. Correction is important. So don't discount the value of correction. That's what the Holy Spirit does when we invite him into our lives. See, the, the Jesus said, I'm going to leave, but I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit, and he's going he's to bring conviction to you. He's going to show you how to live righteously. The psalmist said it well when he said, search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. See if there's any, if there's any way in me that offends you. That's an interesting way to pray, right? God, see if there's anything in me that's offensive to you, and Lord, lead me to that path towards everlasting life. Correction is important. But listen, I don't want you to miss the mindset that Paul encouraged them with. He said, don't just think about correction, but also think about connection. He said, think, ch check on how you're measuring up. Why? And the next verse says, because you're part of a body. You're part of the body of Christ. Check on how you're doing because you're connected to everybody else. You don't just belong to yourself. You belong to every other believer. What you do affects everybody else. When you cut your finger, do you, tr you treat it, right? With antibiotic cream, you, you cover that thing up. Why? Why don't you just go, ah, oh, it's just a finger. It's not like I got an infection in, in my bloodstream. Well, if you don't take care of it, you will, right? Every part of us is connected to every other part. What you do affects everybody else. So what you bring, the gifts that you have are for everybody else's benefit. So as you're assessing yourself, preparing for the new season, don't just think correction, think connection. And listen, if you don't get anything else from this point, listen to this. As you're reflecting, don't just ask, what am I doing wrong? Ask yourself, what am I doing alone? Not just what am I doing wrong, but what am I doing alone? Amen. Amen. You see, there's so many people in the American church culture that are trying to do Christianity like an independent study course. 
And I get it, right? The church is full of flawed, aggravating people who don't always bear a strong resemblance to their father. I know that. Sheep bite, right? I get that. I got scars I can show you. All right, But this is still what he calls us to. We are still the church. We are still his body. And we are part of that body. You, you cannot have a healthy relationship with Christ in isolation from your brothers and sisters. We are designed, created to work together. So in whatever you're doing for the Lord, then look around. Are you doing it alone? If you are, invite other people to join you in what you're doing. Or go join them in what they're doing. Everybody needs a Timothy that they can train. And everybody needs a Paul that they can learn from. Every position we have at the church should be two or three deep. Every position should be two or three deep in volunteers. Nobody should be the only person who can do a certain thing. Right? We shouldn't show up at church and go, well, we can't do that today because so-and-so's sick. Like one dude gets the flu and it shuts the church down? Come on. We're a body. When one part of your body gets hurt, then the, all, the, all the rest of the parts just step in and help. So if you're doing something by yourself, look for somebody who can do it with you or do it in your absence. Listen, look for a younger brother and sister that you can be a Barnabas to, an encourager, that you can put your arm around their shoulders and say, listen, you're doing good. You're doing great. You just got saved. You're figuring it out. Quit beating yourself up. Quit being so hard on yourself. Just get back out there and go. Everybody needs a Barnabas in their lives, right? Or look for an older brother or sister that you can honor for their faithfulness. The church that we have, every church, was built upon the shoulders of people who went before them. So honor them. Honor them for their faithfulness. We're not passing down the faith from generation to generation. We're not passing down the wisdom from generation to generation like we should be because we're not as connected as we need to be. So, And we can be as holy as we want to be, but if we're not connected to each other, we're missing it. So as you get ready to enter the season of 2020, think connection, not just correction. Here's a, here's a second mindset. Think health, not just happiness. Think health and not just happiness. I'm going to be fast because it's going to hurt all our feelings. But a lot of people enter the new year with this mindset, this goal that goes something like, I'm going to do more of what makes me happy. I, I would not be surprised. I'd, I'd do my very best not to watch commercials. That's what the remote control's for. But I would not be surprised if there's not a commercial out there somewhere that encourages you to do more of what makes you happy. And, and listen, ain't nothing wrong with being happy. I'd rather be happy than sad, right? God ain't mad at you. He's not opposed to you being happy, at least as a general rule. Here's the problem, though, uh, and the reason I really feel compelled to share this today, not everything that makes you happy is good for you. So in other words, what makes you happy and what makes you healthy are sometimes two completely different things. You say, well, listen, the heart wants what the heart wants. And that's probably true, but God gave you a brain to override your foolish heart. 
Good Lord, that sounds like a country song, right? And I'm just saying, when your heart speaks, and it always speaks, run it past your brain first. It doesn't matter how happy it makes you if it winds up killing you. Physically or financially or emotionally or spiritually. It, it might make you, it, it might feel like the right direction today, but what's it going to feel like in six months or in a year or five years or 20 years? Listen, some decisions that we make in the moment have repercussions that last for decades, right? So be very honest with yourself about what you want versus what you need. Look at what Paul said in 1 Corinthians 6 and verse 12. Paul says, you say, so he's refuting this sort of his argument, you say, I'm allowed to do anything. Uh, and then he refutes it with this, but listen, not everything's good for you. <laughs> and even though I'm allowed to do anything, I must not be a slave to anything. Paul uses the same argument in just a couple of chapters later. Between the two of those passages, it's clear that Paul's teaching the Corinthians they cannot allow themselves to do just whatever feels good to them. As believers, we belong to the Lord. Listen, not just our souls, but our bodies as well. We have to make good, healthy decisions so that we don't shipwreck ourselves and shortchange the body of Christ and His plan for us. So don't just think about what feels good. Think about what is good. There's a place, usually there's a place where those two things meet. But you have to think healthy and not just happy. All right, so here's the last mindset as we go into this new season. And that's think God things, not just good things. Think God things and not just good things. Let me show you this in, in Joshua chapter 9, um, verses 9 through 16. So some people, the, the, let me set this up for you. The Israelites are entering the promised land. They've already defeated Jericho. They've defeated Ai. They're already beginning to claim and, and occupy the promised land that, that God had said they could have. And suddenly these people show up, sort of envoys, ambassadors from some group of people. And, um, and so they start engaging them, talking to them, and this is what they said. They answered, your servants have come from a very distant country. We, we have heard of the might of the Lord, your God, and of all he did in Egypt. We also heard what he did to the two Amorite kings east of the Jordan River, King Sihon and King, King Og, in verse 11. So our elders and all our people instructed us, take supplies for a long journey, go and meet the people of Israel and tell them we are your servants. Please make a treaty with us. This bread, they're showing them the bread, this bread was hot from the ovens when we left our homes, but as you can see now, it's dry and moldy. And these wineskins were new when we filled them, but now they're old and split open. And our clothing and our sandals are worn out from a very long journey. So the Israelites examined their food, look at this, but did not consult the Lord. Then Joshua made a peace treaty with them and guaranteed their safety, and the leaders of the community ratified their agreement with a binding oath. Three days after making the treaty, they learned these people actually live nearby. They got taken for a ride. Before you make any major decisions, be sure to spend sufficient time 
with the Lord. I think a good operating definition for a God thing is this. It's the right thing at the right time in the right way for the right reasons. And if any one of those things are not in the right place, then it's at best a good thing. Sometimes if enough of those things are not in the right place, it's a terrible thing. But the things that fool us are the things that appear to be good but are not of God. You say, yeah, but John, listen, this thing I've got in mind, this is a slam dunk, man. This is a great deal. This is a great opportunity. This is a great relationship. This is a great investment. This is a great situation. Listen, I I get it. I've been there. But take the time to make sure that God isn't seeing something that you aren't seeing. You see, I've lived long enough to know not everything is as it appears. Joshua looked at these people, examined the evidence, entered a treaty with them without ever consulting the Lord. And before we shake our heads and wag our fingers at Him, how many times have we done the exact same thing? See, God would have exposed the deception if they'd asked. These were people who were supposed to have been destroyed. God said, go in and kill everybody so that they don't taint your relationship with me. But now because of their hasty treaty, they're going to have to keep them around. And they pay the consequences. See, one of the greatest tools of the enemy when you're trying to make a decision is urgency. It's urgency. If he can make you think it has to be done right now. He can keep you from spending enough time with God for the devil to be exposed. So don't fall for it. Listen, almost every decision we make can be put off long enough to pray. And if it can't, most of the time you need to walk away from it. You say, John, but this is so obviously a good thing. Listen, Proverbs says there is a way that seems right. But the road leads to destruction. There's a difference in a good thing and a God thing. See, often we're presented with opportunities to to do good things, even things that are righteous. But don't jump into it before you talk to God about it. Because you don't know what you don't know. It's called unconscious incompetence. You have no idea what you have no idea about. Sometimes you have to have the faith to say no to the good thing that's in front of you because you can't see the God thing that's waiting for you. Sometimes you have to say no to the good thing that's in front of you because what you don't know is the God thing that's waiting on you. But if you consume yourself with the good things, you won't have time for the God things. Or sometimes you have to have the faith to say no because you can't see the disaster that's waiting for you down the road. Remember, right thing, right time, right way, right decision, right reason, excuse me. One of the most difficult decisions that, I, that I've had to make as pastor of this church was, uh, was to say no to what appeared to be a very good thing, but that God clearly said no to. So, well, John, how do you know the difference? Well, for me, it was the fact that the peace was gone. Y'all know what I mean? That's one of the main ways I make decisions is that when I think about it, 
I, I, I try to sense whether God's peace is on it. That sounds so spiritual, doesn't it? But that's just, uh, that's, that's how, that's all this way it works for me, right? You think about the decision and you just wait for the peace of God to settle in over you on it. And, and if it doesn't, you better, you better dive deeper and find out what's going on and make, make sure what's going on. It is entirely possible in the situation that I'm thinking about that I never actually had God's peace in the first place because I never really stopped to ask. Have y'all been like so enamored with an opportunity that you never really stopped to see whether God's peace was with you or not? So whether he, whether it was there and God removed it as a test for me or whether I didn't ever really ask about it in the first place, I, all I know is I woke up the day before the decision was going to be made public, sick at my stomach. I knew, I knew every time I thought about it, I knew that God was clearly saying I couldn't do it, that I did not have the peace of God. So I made the difficult phone calls that I had to make, and, and, and I, I did what I knew God was having me to do, no matter how difficult it was. And to this day, I don't know whether it was the wrong thing, whether the timing was off, whether my motives were not pure. I don't know. I just know I couldn't pull the trigger on it without violating the peace of God. And you don't want to walk into a decision where you know you don't have the peace and the blessing of God. It's not the same thing, but when, when our son uh, was considering joining the army, actually, he wasn't considering it anymore. <laughs> He'd already made his decision, but he said, Dad, I'm going, to, I'm going to sign. And I said, son, listen, if you go, you will be going without the blessing of your parents. You've got to give your mama some time. And he said, okay. You know? And we gave her a little time. We went to lunch. We talked about it. And through tears, his mama gave him her blessing. Could he have done it without? Sure. Are we in the place of God in his life? Absolutely not. But there's something about having the blessing of the people who, who are over you in the Lord. And, and when you're grown... There's something about having the blessing of God about the decisions that you make in your life. And it's more important than having the blessing of your parents or anybody else in your life because God does know what you don't know. So it's important. It's really about humility. It's about accepting the fact that, that we don't know everything and asking God to guide, to order our steps. Now let me show it to you in the Word. Um, wouldn't you think that God would always be in favor of spreading the gospel to unreached lands? I mean, doesn't that sound like a slam dunk that, that God would be in the middle of that? Well, let me show you in Acts chapter 16. Acts 16, 6 through 8. Paul and Silas traveled through the area of Phrygia and Galatia because the Holy Spirit had prevented them from preaching the word in the province of Asia at that time. What? <laughs> then coming to the borders of Mysia, they headed north for the province of Bithynia because again, the Spirit of Jesus did not allow them to go there. So instead, they went through Mysia to the seaport of Troas. Never take a decision for granted. Never just assume it's a slam dunk. Always pray about everything. We talk about a new decision 
The best season, or a new season, the best season to enter is the one where you're right in the center of God's will for your life. But that only happens when you focus on the God things and not just the good things. So three mindsets as we enter the new year. Think connection and not just correction. Think healthy, not just happy. And think God things, not just good things. Why don't you stand with me today, please? We're going to enjoy a time of of, uh, communion together. But I want to spend just a moment in prayer before we we do that. If uh, If there's a decision that you're making... If there's something coming up in your life and, and you know you've got to know one way or the other whether God is leading you to it or not, then listen, listen to these mindsets and make sure that you're submitting yourself to His will. We pray that you have been blessed and inspired by today's Covenant Living broadcast. To find out more information about our ministry, just visit our website at www.covenantlifewestga.org. You can find this video there on our homepage. Just click the YouTube button and make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel. Give us a call at 770-537-3747. That's 770-537-3747. At Covenant Life, our mission is to go and make disciples by being real, relational, and reaching. Be sure to join us next week for more Covenant Living with Pastor John Butler.